This is our Fireside Stories, talking junk, telling stories about South Africa. Hey, Mrs. E. Hey, Zan. Something you and I noticed quite early on coming into London was the quite different relationship that humans had with their pets compared to what we were used to in South Africa where obviously people have good relationships with animals like dogs and cats and so on but they're treated in a very different in a very different way obviously the, the weather's very different that's part of it but in general dogs would sleep outside and you'd walk them on if you did walk them if you didn't have enough space you'd walk them on leads and they weren't always very well trained and so on. Um, I remember, I can't remember if it was on the bus or the tube first, where someone got on with an untethered dog. And not even a small dog, it was a pretty pretty big dog. And you and I were both like, what is this magic? Where the dog follows them around <laughs> and sits at their feet and is happy to go on the tube or the bus. Yeah. I have definitely have a memory of a dog um, in hot, quite hot weather on the bus just lying lying under the chair. Very good, you know. People were past didn't didn't bark at them or nip at their ankles and then I think it was at a bull terrier on the tube the a one white time. Bull terrier. Yeah. So well behaved. Just no no leash. Walk next to its owner, down the stairs, through the barriers at the um, underground, onto the tube, sat next to its owner, so chilled, no stress about the fact that the tube was moving. So I wrote a story this week about hamsters, which kind of got me thinking about pets, right? Mm-hmm. About the pets I had growing up in South Africa. Did you have pets? I had... <laughs> I had pets. I had some some pets. Not many pets. Um, dogs, cats, and hamsters. Hamsters. When, 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 when they survived hamsters so one of my friends read my hamster story and was like everyone has a hamster story so when you say (laughs) survived Mm. there's the situation of having pet dogs pet cats and pet hamsters (laughs) who all live together in a relatively small space they're domesticated they're not domesticated in the same sense that i guess British might refer to as domesticated. Dogs in particular being a little more on the rough side, I guess. So, for some reason you think it's a good idea to have a small mam- small hairy mammal in your house with a pet cat. And obviously, being <laughs> a predator of a sort, the cat is very intrigued by this small, small hamster. It looks rather delicious. So you find... The cat hanging around by the hamster's cage rather a lot. It's watched the the owners open the cage a few times and it's given it a go. Um, So there's, I guess, that weird thing. And then you buy that little plastic hamster ball, which is supposed to be this orb of safety. Take your little hamster, put it in the ball, and then it can roll around the house. Inevitably... The cat follows the hamster everywhere it goes, <laughs> probably in the hope that this orb of safety collapses and then it can have its midday snack. Um, 
So I have two memories of hamsters. The one is of a small hamster I called Sonic. It's a little boy hamster. Oh, like the hedgehog. Like the hedgehog. Was he spiky? He, he wasn't spiky. Like he a was, hedgehog. He was swift. He was swift, <laughs> which is why I called him Sonic. Yeah. But I only had him for, I think I only had him for a day, maybe two. He was a small guy. But because he was so little, what seemed to happen is he, he squeezed through the bars of the hamster cage, which was a hamster cage. It wasn't a bird cage or a rat cage or <laughs> whatever kind of cage you might get for a pet. Um, he seemed to have squeezed through the bars and in the next morning he was gone. Obviously, we can make up any manner of stories about what happened. Maybe he stepped out the window like James Bond the hamster. Or the cat ate him. Or the cat da, ate no, him. No, no. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> the other memory I have, a, have of a hamster is a hamster affectionately called Hammy, as I'm pretty sure most children's hamsters were called, <laughs> because we couldn't think of anything more creative than Hammy. Um, but I had a hamster, and my sister didn't. And my sister used to go into my room and take my hamster out of the cage without asking me, which when you're a sibling, this is very annoying, because it's my hamster, and... You struggle to learn to share. Anyways, I remember her carrying my hamster. She was carrying it down the passage. And I was really annoyed. She didn't want to give it. So I took, basically, I took my hat off. And it's like, give me my hamster back. And I took my hat off. And I like swiped it at her. But instead of hitting her, I ended up hitting the hamster. <gasps> um, needless to say, said hamster did not survive. Oh, you must have felt so bad. Mm. Did you cry? Of course I cried. It's just, Aww. I did these things. I'm not sure. I was like, you know, rescue 911. I definitely tried a little bit of hamster CPR. Oh, I was like, how do you do this on a hamster? But, you know, one of its eyes went red. Oh my word. What did your sister do? I mean, we were both crying. We were just upset. We were young. So, yeah. you know, one of those sad stories of unmanaged tempers and the unexpected consequence of that. So that wasn't particularly rad. Um, what about your hamster story or stories? I have three. Three hamster stories. The first one is about my hamster called Goldie because mm-hmm. she was golden. Golden, yep. And Very creative hamster names, as yes. we've, we've no doubt found. She was cool. I liked her. She used to chew my curtains because her hamster cage was right next to where they dropped down. So she would pull them into a cage and chew them and make a nest. Um, I nearly killed her because I forgot to feed her. <laughs> and I remember my mom taking her out the cage and wrapping her and giving her water like little bits at a time and putting her in the warming drawer to keep her warm. And she survived. Um, that may have been after she had five babies And I remember we didn't know she was pregnant. I walked into my room and all of a sudden there were these five squiggly, tiny, worm-looking, pretty, disgusting things. And um, I immediately went to call my brothers. Ellie, Chrissy, come and see. Goldie's had babies, I'm pretty sure. They ran in and we kind of huddled around the cage. And she was holding one of them and Alistair was like oh look she's cuddling it and we kind of looked closer she was not cuddling the hamster baby she was 
eating the hamster baby. She ate three of her babies. Yum. <laughs> so horrifying. So I don't know if it, that, that was like nature, nature's way of, um, they were defective and mm. she, you know, consumed them or if she was eating them so that the, she had five and the cage was small. So she knew two would thrive. So she just ate the rest. I don't know, but that was, I'm pretty sure I forgot to feed her after that incident. Mm. <laughs> Psycho hamster. Anyway. So that's, that's obviously all conjecture, right? Yes. Because you didn't have a counseling session with Goldie. No, first, no, no. <laughs> I probably needed a counseling session. Mm. Anyway. But wait, before you go into your subsequent story, or is this a second part of the same story? Well, same hamster, different story. Okay, so before you go into, I, I assume, because you mentioned having Goldie, I assume there mm-hmm. was no male hamster in said cage. So do you think she, she must have been pregnant when you got her? Yeah, and I don't know where I got her from. Probably mm. it must have been a pet shop, I imagine. So yeah. this must have been fairly soon after we got her Rather that's than why any... i think yeah that's why i think i forgot to feed her mm. only after that, <laughs> that incident mm. maybe you thought she had had eaten enough having <laughs> eaten three of her children yeah probably mm. it's like, like a like a snake you know when they eat and then they're done for a month or a python or whatever mm. um so goldie met a tragic end she lived a long pretty good life but three years it's quite short. No? Well, yeah. We took her on holiday with us because we didn't have anyone to look after her. And we went to my aunt's um, massive campsite farm in Underberg. And my aunt had many dogs, including two Jack Russells. And anyone who knows Jack Russells would know they love to eat rodents and hunt creatures. They sniffed out Goldie in the caravan somehow opened the cage. I'm sure they just knocked it over. And she was a delicious dinner <laughs> for my aunt's Jack Russells. Mm. Um, yeah, I was sad. But that was the end of her. And then... Took her camping. Yeah, I know. I never did that. I know. Well, yeah, not smart. Mm. So the other hamster story, Alistair had this hamster... And this is when we were teenagers, maybe. Brownie. Not Goldie. <laughs> I don't know what Blondie. it was called. <laughs> patchy. Patchy. I'm sure it was a patchy one. And Alistair and I were at home one night. And my mom and stepdad had gone out. And and he came downstairs. I think he had tears in his eyes. And he was holding his hamster. And he he brought it to me. And I was like looking at him and he said to me that his hamster's eye had fallen out (laughs) and he was really like destitute and I looked at him and I was like oh I I didn't quite understand what had happened and I looked at his hamster and there was it was its eyeball was hanging by a string on the side (laughs) it was like dangling down the side of its cheek and I was like oh what did you what happened and he had taken Patchy, for I don't know its real name, out the cage. And hamsters jump, right? Mm-hmm. Patchy had jumped and landed, obviously, pretty hard. And its eye had popped out. So 
I did want to laugh a little bit, not because the hamster's eyed for not the, my poor brother's face. Mm. And when he was telling me that, yeah. The way so, he described it. Yeah, it's just a, it was just a ridiculous scenario. Anyway, I phoned my mom. <laughs> I was like, Mom, the hamster's eye's fallen out. She was at dinner. She was like, that's oh, okay. I'll <laughs> deal with it when I get back. She ended up taking it to the vet the next day. And she said to me, the vet took tweezers and simply plucked the string off. And mm. Patchy was blind and well, had no eye for the rest of its life. Mm. Uh, so now we know from our class in hamster anatomy <laughs> yeah. that their eyes are held in their heads by a string. <laughs> so you need, you the need, vet you need said, to be cautious. Apparently it's quite common mm-hmm. for hamster. He, it's the same with pug eyes mm-hmm. that they are inclined to pop out. And we did have a pug. Mm. Um you didn't get a chance to see the string holding no. its eye in, did Pugs, you? It, it, luckily the pug we had, its eyes actually weren't that, they didn't protrude as much as pug eyes normally do. Mm. But pug was also a source of consternation because I took pug for a couple of walks and I never took pug for a couple of walks again because she seemed to attract, she seemed to attract other dogs. Um, so I remember walking She was a very good looking pug. She was a good looking pug. I remember taking her for a walk when we lived in Kensington and (laughs) I took, I, this was like, I was so excited. It was a spring day. It was warm. I was like, I'm going to take the dog for a walk. This is so exciting. Walking down, down my road, Somerset road into Highland road, round the corner into Katoomba Street. And in Katoomba Street, I discovered were two Dobermans, black, you know, the black ones with the little, like, brown tips. Mm-hmm. Um, and these Dobermans saw Pug and I, and they launched onto onto the wall, and they were barking at us. And I was like, have you read that Dean Koontz book? Do mm-hmm. you know the one, yeah. what's it called? Mm. Intensity, is it that one? Mm, maybe, I feel like... Might be intensity. I thought intensity was maybe the one with the monkeys. Ma- yeah, maybe. I think it is. Anyways, yes. The one the- with all the dogs. Yes. Oh my word. That's mm. literally what I was picturing. I'm like, these dogs are going to eat us. So I was like, if I camouflage Pug, <laughs> maybe they'll ignore us. So I picked Pug up, put a jacket I had around my waist over Pug. Mm-hmm. It was a green jacket. I put it under my arm and just like walked <laughs> on the other side of the road trying to just walk calmly obviously the dogs had seen us so i don't know what was going on in my head but i was like i didn't know what to do carried on walking the dogs barked the neighborhood down oh my word but i managed to get down and down the road and back up and i was like i'm never walking down that road again it was mm. terrifying and in croydon i took pug for a walk same thing walking happily uh and a german shepherd saw us and launched over a wall and bolted for us and I <laughs> there was a, I was walking next to a sort of medium-sized South African neighborhood wall I clambered up the wall pug was hanging by the lead I managed to swing her up with me onto the wall so there I sat with this German shepherd below mm. us barking thinking it was going to eat us um and then I just waited and then eventually it went away and then I had to like sneak down off the wall and again mm. pick Pug up. <laughs> Harder in your jacket. Oh, I don't even think I had a jacket this time. 
men. So when you say medium-sized wolf, for relative terms, yeah, like waist, like, waist height, no, chest height. Not low enough that it was easy to climb up, okay. but not high enough that it was difficult. I had to sort of, you know, haul myself onto it, but mm-hmm. I could do it. Mm-hmm. Oh man! So do you think? Do you think the German Shepherd with pug pugs being <laughs> comparatively quite small to German Shepherds? Do you think the German Shepherd felt the same way about pugs? that cats do about hamsters. I that's I'm sure it did. Mm. Same as the Dobermans. The thing is you never know with South African dogs mm-hmm. because often they're guard dogs. You know, they're protecting an owner's house. Mm-hmm. They are meant to be a little bit vicious. Yeah. A right? deterrent, yeah. Exactly. So I didn't feel like it was coming up to sniff her butt. Yeah. To say hello. No. Mm. But that also could have been Mm. Me just, you know. Yeah. I remember the, the postman definitely didn't like the pets. Oh, yeah. Um, imagine, in, imagine if it was the same in South Africa as it is here, where your post box is inside your house. Yeah. As I recall it, for most people, the post box was at the gate, so people didn't have to enter your yes. house in order to deliver post or packages and so on. You could deliver it at the gate. Another thing I remember about other people's dogs is... They, they did really seem to think of people on bicycles as some sort of <laughs> infernal enemy. Yes. I remember riding around my oh, neighborhood and true. every now and then there would be a dog on the loose. And I definitely remember being, I was going to say bit, it's not quite bit, it was nipped once yeah. on the ankle. They seem to really like to go for your legs. There's something about the, the, movement. the circular movements of your feet on the pedals that really seem to rile them. They always seem to go for your feet. That's the thing I remember. I don't know if they're... You weren't so sure. It's like, is it trying to rescue me from my bicycle? Does it think my bicycle's stealing <laughs> yeah. me? But I don't know this dog. Um, I remember delivering post in a, in a neighborhood I didn't spend a lot of time in. And there was definitely a dog. I think it might have been a German Shepherd as well. Ran after me and bit me on the ankle. Oh, my um, word. I wouldn't love to be bit on the ankle by a German Shepherd. No, but I was, I was obviously trying to get away. <laughs> I'm pretty. I'm, pr- I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure I returned the favor. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I guess it was relatively normal for there to be a random dog around every now and then. So we had a a white bull terrier, um, that Bruce, my stepdad, had rescued. It had been abused, mm. um, and it was in a really bad way, and he rescued it. Um, and rehabilitated it, but it was never, it was basically racist. When you say racist? Well, the reason I say basically racist is mm-hmm. because Wade, the dog, used, would attack my maid if mm-hmm. we were at home. Mm-hmm. So all the garden services yeah. or any black person yeah. would attack. If we weren't at home, mm-hmm. the hierarchy in the dog's head was that the maid, our maid patients, was boss. Mm-hmm. So then Wade would protect patients. Mm-hmm. So then he would go for the garden service if they arrived at the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, wouldn't go for her. But as soon as we got home, he would go for her. He bit her a couple of times. Mm. I do have two thoughts about that. One is that can't be super rad. <laughs> To have that job where you hear the car rolling and you're like, uh-oh, 
I need to go hard somewhere. Yeah, Because the crazy. dog's going to come for me. Um, obviously, bull terriers are not particularly small dogs. No, they're strong. Uh, hmm. Also, it sounds like you've had some sort of counselling session with these animals <laughs> where you understand their psychology. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going to take a guess that these are best explanation assumptions. Yes, absolutely. And our garden was, it had, I mean, the dog was locked away. It had areas that it was locked away in. So when the garden service came to do our garden, he Wade was locked in the garage. And when Patience was out and about, he was locked in the side sort of part of the house. So she would never go, like the garden, the side garden. So she would never go there. Mm. But, I mean, mm. it was crazy. He also had a fight with the Bull Terrier next door called Rocky. Man, it was like WWF. They... I'm surprised they didn't kill each other. I think Rocky came off better than Wade did. And it was during one of these fights that my mom had heard that if you put your finger up a dog's butt when it's fighting, it will stop. Hmm. She literally did that. It didn't stop fighting. You discovered it to be an old wives' tale. Yeah, I think they ended up spraying them with water because they could not separate the dogs. I guess you have these territorial animals in relatively close proximity and and as we've already highlighted they're domesticated to a point but not excessively so you know i'd say for the most part people didn't take their dogs to dog school they didn't carry them around in slings or the sorts of things that (laughs) british people do yeah i mean there's two thoughts there the one is we definitely had friends who had rather scary dogs what i mean by that is you weren't so sure that you could trust them yeah they had this way about them you'd walk into the room and they'd perk they'd perk up like food had arrived and like brutus brutus man that dog was ginormous i didn't encounter him much to be fair but he was like a horse of a dog and not of the temperament of a Great Dane. He was a cross between... Uh, he was just a burble, wasn't he? Yeah. So a guard dog. So naturally a bit more aggressive. So there's definitely uh, elements of weariness. So you can't kind of... Uh, walking into a room with a horse-sized dog and being a little bit oh, weary. Oh, he was terrifying. He, But his owners handled him. Like they knew how to handle him. But yeah. anyone else would not go in the house no. unless Brutus was away. Hmm. We had a bootable though, Sam, Samantha, but she was the most placid thing you've ever met in your life. And comparatively, honestly. like half the size. Yeah, she was smaller. But she was, I mean, she was big. She was she was a big baby, that dog. Hmm. But what about Leroy? Man, we've talked about Leroy, but that dog. I do remember he was, his head being massive, his jaw. Hmm. He just seemed to, he was less unpredictable. Um, yeah. He didn't. He didn't have a sort of, scariness about him he was just a little big. bit being a cross between a burble a really big dog and a mastiff yeah. another big dog his head was ginormous and i remember playing volleyball in my cousin's backyard and he thought it was really funny it seemed he seemed to be a dog with a sense of humor <laughs> to come over and like nip my butt while i was like <laughs> watching the ball come over over the net I'm pretty sure my cousin's husband, because he also probably thought this was funny, probably told him to do this. This is all made up in my head, but this is how the story goes. Because he just seemed to like to nibble my butt and no one else's. And he was genuinely gentle. He wasn't hurting me, but 
yeah, he did seem a little mischievous, but we've obviously we've talked about the the feats of Leroy in stories past. How about actually talking about the feats of pets? Why don't we talk a little bit about um, our own uh, home protector? Oh, Surge. The story of Surge. <laughs> mm. You don't need a Mastiff or a Bootball to protect your home. Mm. <laughs> you just need a feisty cat, as it turns out. <laughs> mm. You tell, or shall I tell? You tell this. I think, I think the story's funny coming from you because you woke up to this interaction, okay, yeah. whereas I was in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, we lived in Eden Vale back 10 years ago. What? No, 15 years ago. And we had this cat, and he, his name was Serge, after Serge Tankian, the singer of System of a Down. Mm-hmm. He had a sister called Chino, who we called Cheech for short, and she was named after Chino Marino from Deftones. She was grey. And Serge was quite a feisty chap, but also a big baby. Like, mm. he, oh, he loved cuddles, and he was a funny cat. Oh, he was great. So one night, we were sleeping, or I was sleeping, and I woke up to, you know, when cats are fighting that like mm. sc- screechy, but like, it felt like it was next to my ear, mm. the screeching and like scuffling. And I woke up and I sat up and you weren't there. But wait, can I interject quickly? You're on a roll, which is great. But <laughs> yeah, we had had an invader for quite a few Quite a while. Oh, the invader cat. Mm. Yes, this mm. is true. So invader cat that used to prowl around our um, little townhouse garden. And, and come into our house. And come into our house, mm. right? So um, I woke up to this screeching, horrifying noise. You had obviously woken up and not just sat up, but launched yourself out of bed mm. as the protector would do and got, you know, ran into the lounge. I hear this screeching and then I hear you shout get him Serge get him I was like what so I got up then and I think I got up just in time to see Serge some invader cats and then Serge dashing after him I think they ended up in the bathroom yeah that's where they were first they were well when I got up they were he had Serge had chased said cat into the bathroom and was chasing it all over the bath and it seemed up the wall like spider cats yeah 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 you know when they go Mm. mental and like anyway but what had happened was you had walked in on the invader cat had climbed the curtains to try and get away from Serge, right? Well, that was the, this was after the bath scene. Okay. Yeah. So it's probably all a bit messed up in my memory, but mm. whatever. So anyway, I didn't see him climb the curtains, but you saw invader cat climb the curtains and Serge launched himself not onto the curtain, but onto invader cat mm-hmm. on the curtain to try and like WWF him down off the curtain. And that's when you shouted, get him, Serge, get him. Well, so I was trying to catch a said cat because this cat had been coming into the house yeah. numerous times just to put it out the house. But obviously being chased by another cat, it wasn't particularly still. It was <laughs> frantically running all over the place. And I think because... Serge obviously had, I don't know, <laughs> blood on his mind. Let's just say that. Um, I kill He was you. going after this cat. And as you do, you have curtains. So this cat couldn't find a way to escape. It was like, I don't remember where I came in. Where do I go? And it kind of, <laughs> you could see it was like trying different things. It had launched itself over the couch. 
and clung onto the curtains and was climbing up the curtains. I don't know what it thought was at the top. But Serge <laughs> launched almost from the middle of the room onto this cat's back and just slammed it onto the floor. And then somehow the cat... Um, got away. Got away. I think it got out the window, but it didn't come back. After Never that. came back again. No. <laughs> Don't mess. <laughs> Don't mess with Serge. Oh, great story. Mm. Off the back of cats. Rats. <laughs> so. Because <laughs> they rhyme. Cats and <laughs> yeah, rats. Yeah, I don't know. Um, we had pet rats. Christopher's was black and white. Maybe that's why I thought about it. Christopher's was black and white, like Serge the cat. And I had a white one with pink eyes that often freaks people out, but it was cool. I liked it. And uh, Christopher used to bath with his rats. So he used to take a tub, like a plastic Tupperware tub. And his idea was that he was going to make a boat. Mm -hmm. So he may have even made like a little sail for it. And he would put ratty, like Hammy, Hammy, ratty, Goldie, Brownie, Ratty (laughs) into the Tupperware and would take ratty into the bath with him most nights sailing it around the seas in this Tupperware boat. Mm. It was hilarious. Um, I don't know if it ever capsized, <laughs> perhaps, but um, his rat also, no, my rat bit his rat's tail. And I remember Christopher got a plaster from the cupboard and put the plaster on this rat's tail that just stayed on for the longest time. <laughs> it's like, yeah, funny. A plaster on the rat's tail. Yeah. Interesting. I would have thought that it would have nibbled it off. It didn't. I don't know if it might have been just too high up that it couldn't Mm. reach it. Maybe. Hmm. Pet rats. (laughs) I don't know where we got them from, how we got them, why we got them. Hmm. But they were quite, they were much easier to hold than than the rats were much easier to hold than hamsters. Hmm. Hamsters are like wiggly and squirmy. Mm, and they're, they're very try- little. Yeah, and rats are a bit more solid and actually mm. just like, they would chill in your arm here. Like if you kind of, in the crook of your arm, and then you just like stroke them. Mm. <laughs> they're cute. Did you have anyone who had any more sort of exotic pets? Like, did you have any friends who had... I remember meeting a friend of a friend um, just in just in the street. We were walking and said friend came along. And this dude just had his pet snake. In like his, oh my in his, word! In his pockets. <gasps> Do you know what I remember? When I was teaching at Eden Glen, mm-hmm. one of the Standard Seven boys came into my classroom and was like, "Ma'am, um, look what I've got!" and pulled out a snake, a small one, mm. from his pocket. I was like, "What? Why? Do you have that at school? Put mm. it back in there." I never saw it. Out of sight, out of mind. Not because I was so scared pet, of it. A pet snake. Yeah, this it was wasn't his... like a move on a teacher. It's no. Like, Look at my snake. No, it was more word. It was a snake. I had a friend at school who had a ferret that she brought to school. No way. Yeah. It was in primary school. On a leash or in a cage? or No, she just... Uh, just held it. Yeah, she just brought it to school. It must. She must have... Maybe it would have had a leash or something, but mm. it wasn't in anything. Mm. And she, it wasn't like hidden. It's not like she snuck in her ferret. She must mm. have brought it and... Show and tell. Yeah, yeah. This is my ferret. Yeah. I remember, because I remember her bringing it out a break. We were all playing with it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Those were definitely not pets I ever saw anyone with. No, I know. What about birds? We had lovebirds. We had lovebirds, yeah, called 
Romeo and Juliet. Mm. <laughs> um, one was blue and one was green. They were really cool. I liked them. Mm. They make a cool noise. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they were nice. There is something... There is something quite beautiful about having birds indoors, especially when you live in a city and yeah. I guess there's not as much nature. I mean, that is one thing you notice quite evidently Yeah. when you're in London is the relative lack of bird song, for example. I mean, yeah. this is probably not true of all of London, obviously, yeah. but for where we are, there seems to be occasional birds, whereas back home it was often hardy dars and... Yeah, it's quite noisy mm. in the sense that and we've lived in various parts of London, all North London, but yeah. I don't think we've... You hardly hear dogs barking. Yeah. And you don't often hear animals like crickets. I mean, at night it's in South Africa, that's what you hear. Mm. Do you remember when we took Amelia back home? Yeah. She was little. I remember thinking it's going to be so noisy for her. Like hearing dogs barking and crickets and mm. nice noises other than dogs barking all night. But mm. If you're used to them, though. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a strange thing, isn't it? Because it's a much more noisy night than you're used to. But because yes. it's a sound that you were familiar with as yeah, a child, there's something yeah. quite comforting about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember thinking, man, do people's dogs not stop barking? It did seem like they... There was one thing you kind of forgot, and I do remember my dad, my dad yes. complaining about it. I remember my dad getting up in the middle of the night to close his windows because the neighborhood dogs just wouldn't stop. Or he'd open the window and he'd shut outside. He'd say, just shut up! <laughs> and then I'd close the window. <laughs> yeah, you'd never get away with that here. Like, if your dog barked all night, you would, someone would mm. yeah. complain and you would have mm. to sort it out. So there is, there is something about, I guess, people being a little bit more... Would you say responsible or respectful with their pets? But at the same time, it is quite weird the way that people treat their pets. They're treated like humans, given human names, and they're spoke to like children. And Well, I think it's a specifically a London thing, because I've heard from friends that like um, the dogs from families up north, mm -hmm. especially where there's more space, mm. um, tend to treat them more like south africans would treat their pets right. not in the same they would be well trained mm -hmm. probably run around off leads and mm -hmm. listen to their owners yeah but they're dogs and they're okay to be outside at night yeah um you Car know things they like get that. carried around in a sling i don't know if they i don't think there's attachment parenting <laughs> mm. yeah so this whole you get a puppy and then you have to carry it around in a sling mm. when you take it outside it's only allowed to walk mm. on the ground for um a short amount of time. This is as far as I know from people who've had dogs. And then you have to sleep with it. It has to sleep in your bed. And then you basically have to wean it like out of your bed and into a little basket or wherever it sleeps. And then out of your room. It's not like you just get a puppy. Mm. And like, it's it's strange. I don't, I mean, I don't know if I've ever raised a puppy because I feel like we've always had sort of grown dogs. Mm. I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine that process, but, you know, the immediate thought that goes through my head is, how did these animals survive before humankind? <laughs> oh no, they're all going to die out because there's no people to carry them around yeah, in slings. It's very strange. It's very funny. 
But they are well-trained Very well-trained. Animals, like... Can you think of ever a time back home when you'd see a dog off a lead? No If you ways. saw them... But that's also true, right? People didn't really take their pets to parks because they had no, big enough space yeah. in their yard. Or... Yeah, whereas here you pretty much have to walk your dog. Hmm. So in London. In, in some extent, they didn't need... Yeah. They weren't forced to socialize. So if you did walk your dog down the street, it was very normal that all the other dogs would get really excited. Yeah, and bark until Yeah. you I... were literally two kilometers away. Hmm. The most we have now in terms of pets is fish. <laughs> we have three fish, which are relatively well looked after. I've had to not rescue them, but I guess they've they've had a goldie scenario. Where yeah. They've been. They've looked. Seemed to be floundering, and then in. Anyways. You're like the fish whisperer. The fish rescuer, more like it. But it's, yeah, it's happened <laughs> yeah. happened a few times, but anyways, that's not the point. We don't really have. We don't really have any sort of high-maintenance pets. If we could, what would you... What what kind of pets would you wish we had? Well, I'm a total cat person. I would love some cats. I've always had cats. <laughs> um, and I would love a dog, but I like a kind of a meaty dog. So, not a small dog. Hmm. Something quite sturdy. Yeah. Yeah. Like a dog. I know, like, Labradors are nice. Mm. And Border Collies, but they need loads of space. But yeah. they're so nice. So I definitely love a dog. It, it it does... I do wish our kids... We lived in a scenario where... I mean, obviously, I love where we live. But it would be cool if they could have a pet and grow up. Mm. I miss that Um, everyone has an animal kind of South African thing. Yeah. You know? Do you feel like they're missing out on something... The reason I ask this question is because my family was probably a lot more pragmatic when it came to pets. And in reality, they weren't, let's just say they were, there was disagreement as to whether we should have pets in the first. Mm. So they weren't necessarily very loyal, like integrated into the family they were around but mm. we didn't like play with them you know so yeah. like the one was quite old and then we did have a puppy for a short time but we didn't we didn't end up keeping him because he wrecked the garden and then we had another dog for a time but then she got mauled by pulsations oh. in the road um but there is something special about a relationship with a pet Yeah. That we see our friends' children's have with their dogs yeah. or cats or bunnies or if you think about our Brazilian friends, Matt and Deborah, and they've got snakes and tarantulas yeah. and their their kids are totally comfortable holding them and Yeah. Definitely our kids are missing out. Definitely. More than enough children. They make up for the <laughs> the, the the lack of pets. Oh uh, yeah. They're great.